The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are most definitely in the right place. We always say it and we mean it. What an exciting lineup we have for you today. Let's see what the buzz is here on Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio. Okay, the buzz is a quote I found from a gentleman named Ted Serbinski, founding managing director of a company called Techstars Mobility, okay, or Techstars the Mobility Program. Here's the quote. He says, since 2015, Now do the math, that's two years ago. Since 2015, I have invested in 22 startups in the mobility space. Again, that's a quote from Ted Zerbinski. Uh, He is fueling the startup renaissance in Detroit. Very, very interesting. So what are we talking about here? Mobility is moving at triple internet speed. We're now in the world of mobile 2.0. What's going on here? Well, we are seeing widespread adoption of BYOD, bring your own device to work. We're seeing enterprise-wide B2E, B2B, C2B, and this is all disrupting traditional computing. What's happening to all of us? Digital dynamics are changing. It's impacting you, me, everybody we know on a personal level, on a professional level, and on a commercial level. Wherever we go, it's digital, or it should be. Great news. Startups, that's the focus of our show today, our series actually. Startups with agility, startups with flexibility, and startups with an entrepreneurial spirit, and yes, that's why they're startups, can become leaders on the cutting edge in this space. How? Well, they've got to embrace what we're going to call today part of our title of this episode, the mindset of mobility. They need to deliver cutting edge solutions for the challenges and opportunities that are facing companies across all industries, all landscapes all maturities all around the world. We're going to be speaking in a few minutes to three startups that are doing just that. We'll find out what they're doing and what they think about all of this. So let me just tell you who we have today. First up, we have Bijoy Narayana at Boots Capper. He's been on before. They're all returning guests, and I'm thrilled to have them back. Second up, we have Fuad Eldegar at Safo, S-A-P-H-O. And third, we have Mayank Matter. He's actually at the SAP Startup Focus Program team in value engineering. Thrilled to have the three of you. So as my document refuses to scroll up, here we go. Uh, Bajoy Nariana at Bootscapper has sent me a quote from Elon Musk. Bajoy, I have to tell you, Elon Musk is probably quoted three or four times a week on all of our shows because he is just so smart. He gets it. And here is the great quote that Bajoy has selected. There certainly will be job disruption because What's going to happen is robots will be able to do everything better than us. I mean all of us. Bejoy, how have you been? Been a long time. How are you? 
Uh, thanks, Bonnie. I'm doing good. I'm, uh, I'm uh, glad to be back on the show. Yeah, uh, this, this quote from Elon, I really liked it. And he, he's saying, I mean, all of us means even him. So uh, we're talking about a world where robots could be, could be doing what Elon is doing. So that, that's, that's going to be interesting. So tell me something. Let's elaborate a little bit more. We're talking today about the mobility mindset. We certainly know that Elon Musk has the mobility mindset. I read the other day that he's received approval to make some kind of a hyperloop that takes people from New York to Washington, I believe, by, is it rail or is it car, in 29 minutes? It used to be you could take a, uh, a, what do they call a shuttle, an airline shuttle that would get you there airtime 29 minutes. Now you can do it without the air travel. So he understands mobility in the physical sense. What's your thought about the cutting edge that startups need to have to be part of that mobility revolution evolution? Bijoy, tell me a little more. Yeah, my, my mindset on is that, uh, yeah, people, people uh, most of the computing is going to be on mobile devices, that, that's for sure. Um, so, and along with that, um, what, we, we, what we are primarily focused on is uh, people love to uh, chat on their mobile devices. So uh, mm-hmm. after social media, that's perhaps the most amount of time, uh, the activity that takes the most amount of time on mobile mobile devices. So we also believe it's, it's definitely going to be mobile and it's also going to be conversational. That's our point of view on mobility. So um, it, it's certainly like most of um, maybe 80, 90% of the computing in an enterprise is going to happen from mobile devices and of which a large percentage is going to be conversational. That's what we think. Thank you very much. And we're having a good conversation already. Thank you, Bijoy. Pleasure to have you back. And now let's turn to our second panelist. He is Fuad El-Nagar, founder and CEO of SAFO, S-A-P-H-O, 1P. I learned that last time. And he's coming back to join us, you remember, with a quote from Bruce Lee. Anybody who doesn't know Bruce Lee, I was really shocked and saddened, Fuad, to learn that he died quite accidentally, uh, questionable circumstances, at the age of 32. He was professionally known known as Bruce Lee, I won't read his Chinese name, a Hong Kong American actor, film director. You may know him out there in the public as a martial artist. He was in a lot of movies, and he was actually the son of a Cantonese opera star. I didn't even know that. Considered to be one of the most influential martial artists of all time and a pop culture icon of the 20th century. Died at 32. What a waste. And here is the quote that Fuad has selected from Bruce Lee. Quote, the past is an illusion. You must learn to live in the present and accept yourself for what you are now. What you lack in flexibility and agility, you must make up with knowledge and constant practice. And that's the way he lived. Fuad, welcome back. How have you been? Great. Thanks for having me back, Bonnie. We're delighted. So talk to me. You big Bruce Lee fan? Do you collect or still watch his movies? Uh, yeah, I like, I like Bruce Lee's thinking, you know, not only did he die young and tragically, so did his son, which is, which is really, uh, is really uh, creepy and sad. Um, but, but yeah, no, he, he's a thoughtful person and has lots of really interesting, good quotes. Um, you know, just kind of talking about the philosophy of life. Uh, and, and this is one that, that I like both, uh, on a personal level and, and a professional level. Um, you know, personally, I'm an old dog now. Uh, you know, it, I've been I've been working for 20 plus years, and you know, I think this quote. You know, Bruce was at lunch with one of his uh, with one of his students, uh, and the guy was saying, "I'm old. I can't kick as high as I used to." Um, and you know, I think the concept here 
that, you know, guess what? It's not just about flexibility and agility. Um, it's also knowledge and constant practice. You know, all of these things come together to empower you uh, and allow you to be elite uh, no matter your age. Um, and I think, you know, professionally, I, one of the things that I like about this, especially for our topic today here around, you know, agility and flexibility and mobility is, you know, those two things aren't enough, right? Uh, you need to have mm-hmm. the other pieces. You need to have knowledge. You need to have the constant practice. And I think in, in the startup world, I, we sometimes forget this and become enamored with, oh, gosh, I'm going to be so flexible and agile, and that by itself is going to be my pathway to winning, uh, when the reality is, you know, you need a lot more than that to actually go in uh, and make a dent, um, you know, in the world. Very interesting. And let's relate this, Fuad, before I, I move on to Mayank. Let's relate this to mobility, uh, the flexibility of being in the mobility world, of providing mobility solutions to companies. And, and the preface in the beginning of the show, the, the, the way I started it, Fuad, is that startups have the opportunity to be on the cutting edge if, as I said, if they're flexible and agile. And here we are with this wonderful quote from Bruce Lee. What's your thought? Should a startup be looking over their shoulder and saying, nah, we're not there yet. We need to practice more. We need to have the knowledge. Or should they not start as a startup, as an entrepreneurial effort until they know they're there? What's your thought on that? Well, look, I, I think, you know, the, one of the great advantages of being a startup or being a young fighter is that you are going to be more flexible and agile than some of your older competitors. I think the mistake that some startups make is that they don't, you know, think about what's happening on the customer side, right? And that's where the knowledge comes in. That's where the practice comes in. You know, if you're dealing with large companies, if you've got large customers or you've worked at a large company, understand kind of the process and how it works. You know, that gives you a huge advantage when you, you know, add that to flexibility uh, and agility. And, I, you know, one of the reasons I was excited about your topic today is, you know, I do think that the whole kind of mobility movement is a little overblown and a little um, mm. mature. You know, when we look at what we're seeing at the enterprise, I think what is going to come from mobility may not be 90% of computing at the enterprise is happening on a mobile device, but the philosophy behind mobile design, the idea of simple single-purpose applications, you know, that to me is actually the more interesting thing that's coming out of, you know, this movement towards mobility. Thank you very much. Always very thoughtful. Appreciate it, Fuad. And now let's turn to our third panelist, Mayank Matur. You're looking him up. It's M-A-T-H-U-R, but I practice saying Matur. And he has sent us a quote from Eric Schmidt. Eric Emerson Schmidt, born in 1955. To me, that's a very young man. American software engineer, businessman, and executive chairman of Alphabet Incorporated. In this year, Forbes list of the richest people in the world, he ranks at 119th with an estimated Wealth of one one point one. That's eleven point one billion dollars. We'll just leave it there. And here is the quote: "The trend has been that mobile was winning. It's now won." Mayank, welcome. How have you been? Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks uh, for having me on the show again. It's always a pleasure. Um, Thank you. Fantastic. Yes, yeah, so Bonnie. I think uh, hi to both my panelists here as well. Um, you know, know both these startups um, very well, and I'm sure they'll do great uh, going ahead. But a uh, very interesting topic, Bunny, and uh, as usual, you know, you're looking for these quotes. Um, 
And I found one um, very close to where I sat, uh, where a colleague was reading a book um, from Eric Smith um, um, about, uh, you know, the journey, about uh, his journey um, and Google's journey. And, um, and what was very interesting is that uh, what they had assumed um, with desktop-based search um, which was supposed to be getting bigger and bigger since the time Google was launched, and nobody mm-hmm. had really envisioned that there'll be a, um, very little of that would be done on the desktop, and most of it would move to uh, a mobile device. And there were some stats that most of at least Google's search um, uh, queries uh, are done on a mobile device. So this code um, already seems a bit redundant, in terms mm-hmm. of how fast things have changed, and um, and you know, there's a whole generation, um, at least in the developing world, that has completely skipped the desktop era and and onto the mobile era. So I found this code very interesting in the context of the topic. But I wanted to go back to Bjoy's code from Elon Musk, and it is interesting that again, this just this morning I was reading another. It wasn't so much of a code, but something that. Elon Musk talked about the way the human race is going to be threatened um, by the evolution of AI, um, perhaps in the context of mobile here again, but which was countered by Mark Zuckerberg as, as a quote which was irresponsible. So there, there seems mm. to be um, an interesting <laughs> back and forth going between uh, you know, the top two richest people in the world. Um, about what the future is. And again, here in the context of our discussion, this would be an interesting point that what, uh, what is the future um, of AI, of, of mobile, and how the, uh, you know, uh, the world perceives uh, things. So again, uh, you know, we just thought I'd bring this up. Um, it was a very interesting discussion of what the, where the future lies. Thank you very much. And I think that's what we're trying to determine is the future for companies that need to be mobile, obviously, everybody, and where startups fit in. Uh, maybe we should just quickly go around the table and get some comments from the other panelists on what Mayank brought up. Bijoy, any thoughts on that? Yeah. The most interesting uh, thing that I want to add to what Mayank just said is uh, Elon then yesterday night tweeted again uh, and, and said that um, uh, Mark's understanding of AI is very limited. It was a very, very short uh, tweet. Uh, so they, they are going to be fighting back and forth, I think. There's going to be some exchanges back and forth. And I think on, on our last show also we thought about, we discussed about this topic, like people like Elon and uh, Stephen Hawking, and these are the people who are very, very worried about AI being an existential threat. And then there are people like Mark Zuckerberg and a lot of people who are far more hands-on than uh, Elon or Stephen Hawking, who are not really worried about it. They, they basically say that AI being an existential threat is like talking about um, traffic jams in Mars. Like, maybe that will happen 100 years from now. So maybe we will, uh, we will have a colony in Mars. Maybe we'll have traffic there. Maybe that problem might happen, but that's not a near-term problem. So I've thought about it quite a bit, and my own take on that is, like, it's basically coming from how people see the universe. It's coming from the physics side, not from the programming side. Like people like Elon and uh, Stephen Hawking, they think about, like, think about the world differently, think about the universe differently. For example, Stephen Hawking would say that, hey, um, 
a unified theory of physics would predict whether I'm going to finish my tea in the next 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, like the human beings don't have any, any control like that. Human, human, human behavior is controlled by laws of nature. I mean, there is human beings are not nothing special. That, that, that's, that's the point of view that they have. Whereas normal people like us, we don't think about that way, right? So uh, we, we do think that we have, uh, we have control and influence and things like that. So that is, I think that is the root of the disagreement. It's going to be super interesting to see how this evolves. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that Mike brought it up. That, that's my take on that. But again, I appreciate the, that. The, yep. Again, the link to mobility is that people like us, like um, my company, we do believe that that a lot of mobility, like moving into 90% of the computing load on the enterprise, that will have to be done conversationally. All said, the mobile device is a small device. It has many limitations on the form. Like you cannot really have a app with many, many, many features on the mobile device. I mean, that, that's a given. Like it's a smaller device. And uh, for the human eye, a PC, a laptop is probably, uh, a, it has a better form. So uh, if you want to do really complex things, like really complex transactions that are required in, a, in the enterprise, then we have to think outside of an app and, and uh, we, we have to make it AI-based conversations that, that you can have with the mobile device, which obviously you can't have with a, with a, with a PC because that does not have a camera, that does not have, I mean, it, the, the mobile device has many more advantages. It has the GPS, um, so, um, so that is the last piece which would shift almost all computing to the mobile device. Thank you. Fawad, got to get you in on this interesting conversation. Speaking of the word conversation, what's your take? Well, you know, on the, uh, the AI stuff, um, you know, I think Elon Musk says there's a 25% chance that we're living in the matrix. Um, so I think, you know, these guys are often in their own world talking about theoretical things um, <laughs> that, that may or may not be relevant uh, to, to, to most of the people in the world. Um, you know, what we've seen, I, we, live, we work here in Silicon Valley. Um, you know, I've got a, a big network here. And, and you know, on the, on the artificial intelligence side, I, you know, I can say we are really far away from, you know, uh, artificial general intelligence or super intelligence. You know, right now we're really good, I, I think, at, at, at recognizing photos, um, you know, maybe really good at playing chess or Go, uh, you know, these, these very specific uh, point, you know, uh, learning things, you know, that, that's kind of where we're at right now, and, and, uh, and we'll, see, we'll see where it goes. You know, to, to Bejoy's point, you know, I actually um, think, you know, he hit on kind of a key point, which is, you know, everyone thinks, oh, if it's going to be on the desktop, it's going to be complex and difficult and hard. Um, I actually think, you know, going back to kind of this idea of mobility mindset, the interesting thing about mobility to, to me is it's training users uh, to expect something different. They're not, they, they don't mm-hmm. expect complexity anymore. You know, you don't need to log into Facebook to find out that somebody has tagged your photo. Um, you know, you don't need to connect to, uh, you don't need to kind of browse through 20 different credit cards and bank statements and, and broker statements anymore um, on your phone. You know, you can use Mint, um, you know, that consolidates and integrates all these different things together uh, and pushes you information that you need. Um, and I don't know why that's not going to go to the desktop. You know, we're seeing it already, right? People want, want that experience 
of these mobile applications, um, you know, but they want them everywhere they work. And the reality is, you know, most of us, um, you know, who work are sitting at a desk or we're at, at a, a location. Not many of us, you know, you know, maybe if you're an insurance claims adjuster, you're on the road, or you're a truck driver, you're on the road, um, but a giant percentage of people work behind a desk. You know, if you work mm-hmm. for a bank, you know, if you work for Bank of America or Wells Fargo, um, you know, if you work for Morgan Stanley, um, you know, if you work for Kaiser Permanente, you know, you're most likely sitting behind a desk. And so, you know, to limit our thinking to, uh, you know, mobility being, oh, I'm going to use a mobile form factor and, and what can I do on it, you know, I think you're missing the real potential of what that mobility mindset can, can drive uh, at the enterprise. And, and that's kind of what's exciting uh, to me. Thank you very much. Great conversation around the table. I'm going to go around back to Bejoy, who was our opening guest. And Bejoy, this is the part of the show where we get a little bit up close and personal now that we know how smart the three of you are and where your position is on mobility mindset and startups. Let's find out where you're calling from today and what are you drinking that makes you feel wonderful and happy and great and healthy. And if that's not what's in front of you, tell me what you'd rather be drinking. Bejoy, go ahead. I'm, I'm actually having tea, like I've been having it for about an hour now. So I'm from this um, small state in India uh, called uh, Kerala, that's in the deep south, and uh, that, that's where I, I, where I come from. And we, uh, most of the tea in India is made in that state. So, um, and my wife makes it a point to go there every, um, she goes back to India every year, brings back the tea that we need for one year, and that's what I'm drinking. That's, that's, that's something I really like. It sounds wonderful. Thank you very much, Fuad. El Nagarit Safo with one P. Fuad, tell me where you are and what do you love to drink? I am in the beautiful San Bruno area right outside of San Francisco. Um, and, you know, like Bijoy, I am also drinking tea, although it's not as fancy as his um, or special as his. It's just some Earl Grey tea. Uh, you know, I try not to, to take too much caffeine, uh, but I have four kids under five, and uh, every morning I'm allowed one cup of tea to get myself, uh, you know, a little, bol- a little, a little bolt of, uh, of energy uh, to stay awake during the workday. Appreciate that very much. Wow, four kids under, under five, did you say? That's right. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Okay, well, you certainly have a mobility mindset. you got to keep moving forward and take care of those kids. Fuad, so pleased you're with us. And Mayank, where are you? And what are you drinking, or what would you rather be drinking? Hey, Bonnie, before that, Fuad, four kids under five and running a startup. Hats off to you, man. Yes. Um, Thank you. Thank you. That's why I get it. Bonnie, I'm in a... Sitting in the offices of SAP Labs um, on Hillview Avenue in Palo Alto, overlooking the bay, uh, really a lovely building that we have here. And I'm, I'm not really drinking anything right now because what I had was a shot, and I don't think you guys might want to try it. I'm, I'm experimenting with organic drinks, and I found something in an organic store, which is a shot. It's a probiotic shot of beet and uh, ginger. Oh, Kind my. of awful tasting, but <laughs> I take two shots of that stuff in the morning. That's what they say you got to do to clean up your gut. So I've been trying to do this for 15 days now. Not sure if it's made any difference, but that's what I had this morning. Well, you well, know, you that's very interesting. 
that <laughs> that's that's interesting, Mayank, because uh, when when I do the prep calls with new panelists, and the three of you are returning guests, so we didn't have a recent prep call. I'll say to them, "Tell me a drink that makes you happy, or something that is really really gross that you kind of pinch your nose and force yourself to drink, but you know it makes you healthy." And nobody has said anything like that in a long time. And here you are. So thank you. I wouldn't say you answered my prayers, but gentlemen, you may remember from your previous appearances that I am not allowed anywhere near cafe on radio show days and Tuesday is not not just a double header day but I was on the air a little over an hour ago so I am only allowed to have water uh, like Fawad you're only allowed to have your one cup in the morning I'm only allowed to have water with no no caffeine nothing in it and it's just a cool clear mug of cool clear water but I have a pink straw because I'm hoping we don't get any more rain here in New York we have had enough of the surprises so there but it's looking a little murky out there so you're listening if you're just joining us you're listening to Startup Focus Focus with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. We have to do a shout-out to uh, Manju Banzal, who sponsors the series, and Christina Sosa, who is listening on the line, who puts everything together. Christina, another great panel. Thank you very much. Our topic today is the mobility mindset. Startups take a leading role. We've had a really good conversation so far with our three special guests, Bijoy Narayana, at Boots Capper, Fuad El Nagar at Safo, and Mayank Matter at SAP Startup Focus Program. I'd like to go to break, but you know what I'd like to do first is, Bejoy, 60 seconds, tell us what's happening with Boots Capper and just what do you do? What does the company do? 60 seconds. That's all I'm going to give you. A quick elevator pitch. What does Boots Capper do? And, and uh, Fuad, I'll give you next. So go ahead. Bejoy? Yeah. Boots Capper makes conversational applications that work with SAP um, products. So uh, the, the, you can interact with your SAP system uh, by through Messenger, simple SMS, or using a Fury app. So we're working with a large uh, grocery cha- uh, chain right now, uh, implementing it uh, for their customer service. So people could come in and ask, do you carry this item? Where is this item located? Do you have a deal for this? And things like that. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Thank you very much. And now let's turn to Fuad. What does Safo do and what's been happening since you heard you were on the show last? Cool. Thank you. Um, well, Safo, we help our customers triple productivity by making their enterprise systems usable. Um, you know, you guys mentioned kind of the complexity of the uh, enterprise software experience earlier. Well, that's what we look to solve. Um, you know, we make it easy for our customers to first integrate into all of their legacy and existing systems, like uh, an SAP, uh, for instance. Uh, and then once you integrate, uh, we make it easy for them to unbundle these monolithic systems into what we call micro-applications. Uh, and then finally, we make it easy for them to smartly get these atomic units of work from these systems out to any endpoint or device, whether that be mobile, whether that be an internal portal like a WebSphere or a SharePoint, uh, or email, uh, or their desktop client, you know, our entire business is, is premised on the, you know, the idea that enterprise software is like a photocopier in your office, right? Everyone's got a photocopier. There's a million buttons on the left. There's somebody in your office that knows how to go punch those keys and make 20 mm-hmm. double-sided color copies that are pre-stapled. The rest <laughs> of us walk up and push that green button, and that's our interaction with a photocopier. Sappho is about turning enterprise software into those green button experiences for the majority of workers. 
Thank you very much. Well done. And uh, Mayank, we know what you do at Startup Focus, and it is time for our break. It's 29 after. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Really good conversation here. So much to talk about is left on the table. We're going to come back in 90 seconds and finish the conversation on the mobility mindset. Startups take a leading role, and we have three very interesting panelists today. A lot of conversation yet to come. So don't even think of touching. Oh, you know the drill. Just stick around. Kevin, out. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at twitter hashtag sapradio now let's get back to startup focus with game changers and we are focusing on startups today and the mobility mindset how do startups get to be on the cutting edge of giving big companies what they need we're speaking with Bajoy Narayana CEO and Chief Product Architect at Boots Capper we're speaking with Fuad El Nagar the founder and CEO of Safo S-A-P-H-O look them up and with Mayank Matur who leads the value engineering team at the SAP Startup Focus Program at SAP and now we're going to kick off the roundtable, I like to say in earnest, even though we really have been going around the table. I'm looking at Bajoy's notes. I'm going to pick one topic here, and Bajoy will start discussing it. Then we'll bring in Fawad and Mayank with their comments, and then we'll go to a topic from Fawad's list and then one from Mayank. So Bajoy said, it is really poor customer service. Oh, my, Bajoy, we've all lived with this. We still do. Poor customer service if a user has to press several numbers and buttons before even they get to the app application and the application can understand why they're calling. It sounds so old-fashioned, Bejoy, but it's happening every day still. Okay, what's your thought on this, Bejoy? Uh, thanks, Ronnie. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure you have not seen one person who likes calling a business. Like uh, <sighs> nobody, nobody I know likes that. So that experience does not have to be like that. I mean, you can, you can actually make it, make it uh, at the very least much quicker than what it is right now. So you should be able to, 
get to the point, like this is why I'm calling, even if your call is a little bit nuanced, uh, it should be able to, you should just be able to speak to it and the application should be able to understand it. So even if you are, even if a person is going to pick it up, um, th- that that will make it less painful. And we, I would I would go one, one step further. And I have this um, point of view that if the application can actually finish your business, like it can understand what needs to be done and execute that in a, in a complex um, system like SAP, then the whole process, the, you, you could save time by a factor of 10. Like, so what, what takes about five minutes would only take about 30 seconds if, you, if, you, if the application can do it. It can understand what you're saying, and it also knows what needs to be done. And especially if instead of voice, if you're using text, it can be really, really quick. And also there is another nuance in that. Like if most of people now, the, um, uh, they, they like to text. It's an asynchronous activity. They start something and they're multitasking and doing something else. So if the application can understand a mobile application, you, they're, they're using a mobile application, they, they text something that, that needs to be done. And, uh, and and the whole thing is automated, then it will mm-hmm. not only be quicker, but it's also like um, people can multitask. So the pain of interacting with the business can be reduced very significantly if you can make the application mobile and use AI to, to support it. That's All I can say is... All I can say is be still my heart. And I, I have one quick question before we bring Fuad and Mayank. I'm sure they have a lot to say on this. Uh, but, Joy, one of my, my pain points is when you enter your account number or your last four digits of your social or the phone number the account is under, you enter it on your keypad. And then the rep comes on the line. If you're lucky to get a human, I'm not even calling them a person. I'm calling them a human. But human comes on and says, may I please have your account number or your phone number? And I say, I already entered it. There's no coordination. That makes me even matter because I did the lifting. But Joy, one quick comment from you: This shouldn't happen, should it anymore? We absolutely not. I mean, yeah, this is this should not happen even now. I mean, yeah, for this is just irresponsible programming and uh, business process modeling from from the people who are doing it. Yes. Thank you. I feel relieved with that comment. I feel, uh, yes, you validated my complaint. Fuad El-Nagar at Safo, talk to me. What do you think? What's your experience or, or what do you think should be happening? Well, I think um, his points on kind of the voice uh, interface are, are spot on. I mean, if you can get, get past the pain of sitting there waiting and talking to an IVR uh, and pushing buttons by, by just kind of using voice command, you know, I think that's great, and I think that you know, consumer applications like Alexa and Siri and Google Assistant are doing a lot of the work training people to be comfortable talking to you know an inanimate object, um, you know, and having it kind of recognize what they're asking for. Uh, I think you know these things are great, and I think voice as an interface, um, you know, is 100% uh, the future. I think you know Google just an- announced Glass 2.0. Um, you know, so even 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 Google, after kind of the the flop of of Google Glass 1.0, is is you know coming back and saying this is the future. We got to keep going on it. Um, and you know, again, I think it's going to be a, a great time saver, like Bijoy said. You know, I will say on the back end of it, you know, now taking that voice and using NLP and kind of breaking it down into instructions that you know the system of record may or may not understand with AI. I think you know we're further away from that, um, 
you know, than, than people talk about. I mean, you know, we're in Silicon Valley. People love talking about AI. You know, every, every pitch now to a VC here in, in, uh, in Silicon Valley has some AI component, <laughs> whether or not you're, uh, you know, delivering laundry uh, and using AI. Uh, I mean, it's crazy what, what people are just trying to kind of bolt on with AI. But, you know, I think it's going to take a while before people feel really comfortable that, you know, the AI in the back end can not only take in the NLP, break it down and actually process something in the system of record. If you look at, you know, self-driving cars, for instance, you know, the crash rate for these cars is much less than humans, but, you know, anytime there's an accident, anytime there's a bumper, you know, a bumper, you know, uh, scrape, um, you know, anytime somebody, you know, I think one person got killed in a Tesla, you know, the, the whole world stops, uh, you know, and, and really focuses on that. And I think in the enterprise, you're going to see something really similar. You know, the first time you interface uh, with voice on an SAP ERP and order uh, 8 million rolls of toilet paper by mistake, um, mm-hmm. I think people are going to really freak out about that. And so, um, you know, voice is an interface, you know, it's, it's coming. AI on the back end, it's also coming, but I think we're, we're a ways away from, from that, you know, kind of really hitting its stride. Thank you very much. I hear a little bit of optimism in there for a while, just a tiny bit. Mayank Matter, love to get your thoughts on this. Mayank? Yeah, Bonnie, um, interesting um, point here, uh, particularly in the context of consumer enterprise apps. Um, we run into quite a few startups um, that are now coming up with technology, uh, and, and Bootscapper um, has done this pretty well. Um, and the whole point is, hey, can you make technology interactive? And yes, you have the Alexas and the series um, where, yes, they can turn a, a, a light bulb on and off, but can they do more? And um, to some of the use cases that requires interacting uh, with a call center or, or more um, complex um, use cases, you will see that the technology isn't quite there. And that brings us again to the debate, hey, look, whether it's mobile-driven AI as such or AI-driven mobile experience, um, how far are we from um, making it truly interactive? And uh, we see that as a challenge here within SAP, would it, uh, and um, and also among uh, the consumer-based apps that are trying to uh, um, integrate with enterprise backend systems, something to which for the alluded, and uh, it's not an easy task to do. So I think um, you know every time um, you know you you try and ping Siri or try and ping Alexa via a mobile device. Um, and, and we're trying to incorporate some of those use cases in the enterprise world, um, we, we see that, hey, look, there's, there's still a huge gap. And I think uh, startups that kind of bridge that gap and um, bring the, the, the interaction more closer to speaking to a human, um, I think will will have the edge um, definitely. So, again, yeah, those are the thoughts. It would be very interesting to see which of, um, how these technologies um, converge and which startups and, and even larger companies um, make it uh, so that it is it is really interactive. So, yep, those are my thoughts, too. 
Thank you, Mayan. Good, good conversation. I want to keep this moving because the time is ticking very quickly. Fuad, I'm going to move. Instead of coming back to you, Bajoy, I'm going to move to Fuad's comments. Fuad, I'm going to go through three statements here in your notes and see if you can pull these all together for me. I think they're very well related and, and just take about three minutes to pull them together and then we'll get a quick comment from Mayank and Bajoy. Number one, you say BYOD, bring your own device to work, has a ton of challenges when it comes to security and hourly workers. That's the first statement. The second is there's a danger of always-on employees. We might treat that as the third part of this. And the other part is, despite the hype around mobile, the reality is that enterprises are not embracing mobile because it does not equal instant productivity. So we have the security issue, we have the danger of always-on, and we have the uh, instant productivity, not so much. So can you tackle this all together, Fouad? Is that Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to weave them together <laughs> in, a, in a coherent way, Bonnie, so that uh, thank you so that you be happy with me. Um, let me start with with uh, the the, uh, the last point you made, which is you know the reality that enterprises are not embracing mobile. Um, you know, it's really interesting if you look at what you know Gartner and Forrester um, you know are writing about these days. You know, they're basically saying, hey, this whole concept of Enterprise mobility, and you know, and I use air quotes when I say mobility, in the sense of, you know, mm-hmm. oh, um, you know, we're going to build tons of mobile applications for our employees, and it's going to be amazing to see what happens. You know, if our productivity is going to explode. Um, you know, when when all of this, you know, all these applications that they don't use on the desktop are now going to be, you know, on a phone where they're also not going to be used. Um, you know, all of Forrester and Gartner, and you know, what we're seeing in the market with our customers mm-hmm. is that no large enterprise is sitting there saying, you know what, mobility is the panacea to productivity. Mobility is what I need to do. Um, you know, what they're realizing is, hey, building uh, apps the same way that we did before and putting them on a mobile phone is not going to solve any of our problems. It's not going to modernize us. It's not going to make us uh, better as a business. Um, and and so, and it's crazy, you know, because we go and we talk to these, these companies and, you know, you'll see that if they even do have a mobility strategy, most of their, you know, mobility strategy is, oh, we have email and calendar uh, on devices. Um, you know, it's not, oh, I've got a full suite of, of applications. And I think a lot of that is because they're still stuck in this old mindset of big monolithic applications. They haven't really embraced the whole mobility mindset philosophy, which is, you know, what I liked that you're talking about, which is how do I build simple single-purpose applications on top of these legacy systems? On top of that, you know, if you have a mobility strategy, well, you know, and, and it's device-related, then i got to think about devices for my employees. Um, and, you know, if you think about kind of where IT budgets are today, you know, who has the CapEx to go out and buy iPhones for 50,000 employees, 100,000 employees? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I mean, that's a, a big undertaking, right? And, you know, what, what's interesting to me is, you know, I think some enterprises are looking at BYOD and saying, oh, I can shift you know, I used to have to buy computers for my employees. Now they're going to buy their own phone, and I get to piggyback on that. You know, I think there's going to be just a lot of challenges, and, and we've seen them in the market here where, you know, all of a sudden you have these security issues around BYOD. You know, what else do they have on their phone? What systems are they allowed to access from their own device? Um, and then an even bigger problem is, you know, if you have, you know, lots of hourly workers, like let's say you're a large retailer, right, like a Walmart, and you've got, uh, mm-hmm. you know, over a million employees, you know, a lot of them are kind of uh, on the floor. Boy, it would be great to get mobile devices in their hands. But guess what? Now, 
you have all these crazy rules and restrictions around when can they open the Walmart app when they're on the floor? How does it integrate into the timekeeping system? And so mm-hmm. all of these things are just retarding kind of the expansion of mobility in the enterprises because they're real problems uh, that people need to run into uh, and overcome, you know, before they can really unlock the power of, of mobile at the enterprise uh, and among the workforce. Now, what I will say is most of what we see around you know, mobility at large enterprises really targeted around execs and managers who are on the road, um, you know, are going to be on email all the time, you know, need to be able to respond in real time. And I think that gets to kind of the third point that you were talking about around this always on uh, danger with employees. You know, I think email was kind of the first move into invading kind of your non-work time, um, you know, where all of a sudden people could send you an email mm-hmm. at 10 p.m. and almost expect a response. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it still required you to, you know, log onto a computer, you know, you know, maybe go through your VPN to get to your mail client. But now that, you know, it's on these devices, right, you know, there's not like a minute, you know, in the week where people don't expect me to have access to email. It can be Saturday at 11 a.m. and I'm at the zoo with my kids. You know, this is what happened three weeks ago. And all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up and I got to engage and respond, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't see a lot of people talking about that concept, but, you know, it is, it is going to really kind of increase the load on people, you know, to have this new expectation, you know, where we already moved beyond nine to five the second that we had email, right? Um, but now with mobility, I mean, the expectation is that 24-7, you're available and around uh, and I think we haven't done enough work really kind of digging into what does that mean for the new worker? What does that mean for the future of work? Um, you know, because it, it, can get, it can get onerous at times. Thank you, Fawad. And, and Mayank, I want to bring you in on this, but Mayank, I'm, I'm looking at another side to this part of the conversation we just started with, Fawad. Uh, let me just read a statement from your notes and ask you to comment on I think we can spin this back a little more positively here. You say, in today's modern world, people are either asleep or they're connected. Okay, we agree, and, and Fawad told us the good, the bad, and the ugly about that, but you say, understanding the changes in human interaction and consumer behavior, that's, I think, where where enterprises need to know that what if somebody is awake in the middle of the night and wants to check their e-commerce site? What if they want an interaction with a human being at a service customer service phone number? So understanding that people are awake or even they're connected in their sleep and they want to have the answer before they technically wake up. Mayank, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, please. Yeah, Bonnie. So I think... Um Firstly, to Farad's earlier point, um, I think um, we've seen that in a large enterprise company like SAP, when the approach in the earlier days was, hey, look, how do you take this desktop application slash UI and move it to mobile? And a lot of work was done, and it was only realized that, hey, look, this really didn't quite help. And, um, you know, there was so much effort put in and and uh, company-wise and uh, ISOEs and smaller startups and um, IT service companies where mega projects were done to so-called mobilize uh, your either your IT or your applications that are, are running. Um, we fast forward to today and some of the startups that we work with and their approach is fundamentally different. And they're saying, hey, look, we're not moving your desktop to your mobile we are creating this brand new application for the mobile. It doesn't go the other way. 
and uh, the the user of this application also has evolved. So, yes, you don't want to have that backend uh, guy who who punches in orders in a in a fifteen screen uh, format. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that user, when he was given a mobile device, said, oh, this is not going to work. I don't get everything that I need to see in mobile. And now you forget, fast forward, that kind of a user to today, and mm-hmm. that same kind of uh, purchase, order, uh, 10, 15 screen, um, a set of screens can now be enabled in, in less than under five screens. And then, so, so the point here is that, uh, yes, we agree that uh, the converting just simply to mobile um, did not help. But now what we're seeing is obviously it's kind of old as well is that the whole um, behavior uh, and usage patterns have changed. And hence to this point of what do you expect out of a user um, where the expectation is, yes, the phone is always on. And again, we've all experienced that, hey, look, on those weekends and when you are not working, you're expected to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in some in some forms, not only are you expected to respond, uh, the responses somehow can be automated. You know, and that, that's the, the kind of that remark is is kind of going to what um, um, the earlier description of what Bijoy talked about with Scapper is that hey, look, if I'm I'm sending in certain, uh, you know, it, it's the interaction. It's it's you are. Not only is the the query or, or from you as a user, not only the, the question that you're asking is in a format that you're expecting um, that the response come back um, in a form that you know you, you, you the interaction is 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 is, is uh, under your response time is is sub second. Um, a comment was made on uh, one of the executives in one of our key conferences that hey look. If, if something that you're looking for um, doesn't come back in, in a sub-second, uh, you move on. That's the attention span that we have nowadays. And you look at our kids, it is my kids, something doesn't show up uh, under 30 seconds. That what's going on? What's not right? <laughs> and it's, it's kind of the same behavior we are seeing with the apps we interact with. And perhaps enterprise apps are, trans- are, built, are being transformed in a way. Um, that if if it's it's mobile, it's highly interactive. It has to be fast. Fast is the key word. Mm-hmm. And and it it goes back to your Facebook page. When was the last time you 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 stuck to your Facebook or, or any other social media or, or YouTube where it took a little longer to load and you moved on to the next thing or you scroll up? And that yeah. scrolling behavior and those kind of things are what I'm trying to highlight in that point is the change in the user interaction and the user behavior, um, uh, which is a, a, a very interesting aspect of what's happened in the last few years, of course, with the advent of the iPhone and the other devices. Thank you, Mayank. You know what? We are at the point of the show where I need to give you each 60 seconds. Oh, yeah, that's about all we have left. 60 seconds each for the predictions round. We call this the crystal ball. So I'm going to ask you each to take a look into the future. Uh, we've already established that the, the present has a lot of opportunity, but also a lot of pitfalls when it comes to mobile, the reputation of mobile in the enterprise, the outcome of mobile, the issues with always mobile on, uh, the apps that are not functioning, the people who are very unhappy with customers 
customer service and waiting and pushing buttons. So we, we know there are a lot of opportunities here for startups, smart startups, to go in and make things better. So let's look optimistically to the future. I'm looking at 2020, but you can take a stab at a prediction any point in the future. So be joined, Nariana, at Bootscapper. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Tell me, tell me something very positive about what will change in the next couple of years if we had this conversation again. Go ahead. Um, thanks, Vani. So, um, yeah, my, uh, I'm, I'm definitely optimistic generally about technology. Things, life gets better every year. So um, that, that's for sure. Like if you take a longer time frame, life is getting better for people on earth. I mean, there is no question on that. So specifically on this topic uh, by 2020, I think uh, people have been trying very hard to find the right form and uh, function for um, AR and VR, like uh, another device where where um, augmented reality and virtual reality could also work. And Faud was talking about Google coming back with a glass. So I'm not saying that that is the right form for this device. So I would think that by 2020, there would also be some conversation about mobility uh, moving away from the cell phone and moving to devices that would also support uh, AR and VR. So that, that I'm really looking forward to that. So that, that, would, be, that would be super interesting. And uh, that, that would Thank be... Um, maybe Faud is like not super uh, convinced that, uh, mm. that enterprises are embracing mobility. Maybe in a, another device with a different form and function, maybe that is what, yes. what would complete it. So there are all kinds of possibilities out there. So that, that's, that's my prediction. Thank you, Bijoy. Fuad, I have exactly 60 seconds for you. Please predict for us. Great. Yeah, I, I don't want you to think that I'm not optimistic. I'm super optimistic. Okay, I think, I'm glad. I think, I think that, the, that the way that the world is changing and, and the way that we're thinking about workflows and, and accomplishing tasks is incredible. Um, and I think that we're about to hit an inflection point on productivity, um, you know, thanks to all the stuff that you guys have talked about, whether it be voice, whether it be uh, AI, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, any of these new technologies. I think Mayank hit it on the head. Behavioral changes will drive changes. Um, and, you know, consumers kind of leading the way, training people uh, and giving them expectations on how they want things to work. I think by 2020, what you're going to see, you know, is a lot of the mobile mindset philosophies around simple single-purpose applications changing the interface layer on top of old legacy systems, um, you know, at the enterprise. I don't think people are going to ever change out their SAP uh, or their Oracle, but building new experiences, new micro-applications on top of that, making it feel more like Facebook um, at work, uh, I think that's really kind of where uh, the world is headed, and I think it's going to be really exciting uh, for this next generation of worker. Thank you very much, Fuad. And Mayank, I saved 60 seconds for you. Go ahead. Yes, Bonnie, so I think I'll go back to the opening quote um, that uh, it's a mobile already has one. It's here. It's here to stay. And I think the future basically belongs to um, companies that can, um, in, in, in consumer enterprise space both, um, that can bring more interactive, uh, more applications to the, to the mobile device, irrespective of what type of mobile device it's going to be. And again, it's going to be a consumer-driven um, behavior. And I think uh, exciting, exciting is perhaps the word 
that comes to my mind looking forward. I think that's a great word to end the show on exciting. Bejoy Narayana at Bootscapper. Thank you, Fawad El Nagar at Safo. Thank you, Mayank Metter at SAP Startup Focus. And of course, Christina Sosa listening on the other line. Happy to have this panel, Christina. Great job setting this up. And I have, let's see, tomorrow I'll be back live 11 a.m. Eastern here on the Business Channel with a live episode of Coffee Break with Game Changers. But for right now, I have a call to action for all of you. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Be like Bijoy Nariana. Be like Fawad El Nagar. Be like Miyank Matter. Be a game changer today. That's the order. Not a prediction. That's the order. Go figure it out and do something. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great rest of your day. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.